So What is a podcast from The Gathering at Crossings Community Church. This podcast exists to help young adults navigate real life and cultural topics in light of what the Bible says. The Gathering meets weekly on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. at Crossings Community Church. It is a place for young adults in their 20s and 30s to belong and be known and become like Christ. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to So What. This week, um, we are still in our series of recapping our gathering messages and kind of talking through them and just diving in a little bit deeper and having some conversations of either things we cut out, things we want to explain further, and really just anything we want to talk about. Last Tuesday, we talked about the difference between grumbling and gratitude. And before we get into that, it kind of launches into our story. You told a story about your son, Nate, and how he is growly. Would you just briefly retell that? Because it makes me laugh a lot. Yes. I mean, he's growly, like like a bear. You know, like kind not of, grumpy. Not grumpy, growly. So he started uh, school this year, five days a week, and he did not want to do that. Um, was not a fan, which I get that. Um, and at his first parent-teacher conference about a month and a half in, uh, his teacher said uh, to my wife at the conference, you know, Nate's been a little growly. And she's like, you mean grunt, like grumpy? And she's like, no, no, like growly. And we're like, oh, he's doing that in public. It's not just a home thing. Like, so he was like literally like growling at his teacher because he didn't want to be there. And you know, <laughs> so, fair enough. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Just grr. I don't think six-year-olds are the only ones that struggle <laughs> with being a little growly. You know, so that's my opening question for the day is what makes you a little mm, growly, oh my if you will? A lot of things. <laughs> Waking up every day. When, it, when I don't wake up on my own time, I'm growly. That's but fair. I mean, I I don't know. There's a lot of things. I think any time that my wife goes on a sugar fast, <laughs> I get a little growly. Because what that means is indirectly, we all kind of go on a sugar fast. And there are no cookies or treats in the house because she doesn't want the temptation, which I, I appreciate. Right? Get rid of the temptation. And so I just, you know what? When there's... A lack of sugar in my life, I can I can get a little growly. That's fair. Um, for me, it's when people don't use their blinkers. It consistently makes me really <laughs> growly, which is funny because like, if you know me, I'm not a great driver, and I will tell you that. But one thing I do <laughs> is always use my blinker, and the people don't. I'm like, mm. I feel I like I feel like a lot growl. of a lot of driving things probably make people growly. Yeah, the whole road rage idea is just, just a lot of growling going me. on. I'm a growler. Yeah. You know, there are worse things you could do with road rage than growl. So I think we're going to take it. It's fine. <laughs> I wonder what, at what age, audibly growling at someone becomes like that's just like for, Nate, for sure before twenty five. It's kind of funny. Tell you that I'm like, yeah, there's just a moment where like, okay, that's now inappropriate. Like, well, it's cute, <laughs> and then it's not. It's cute. Then it gets weird. I think like a teenager gets weird. And then when you're like older, you're just like, this is just ridiculous. Please stop. <laughs> Please use your words. Oh my God. Um, okay. So before we launch into this, you had a really good definition of grumbling and gratitude last night. Mm. Can you kind of define what the difference, like what those are before we launch into it? Um, I mean, in short, I don't ex- remember all the wording, but basically grumbling sees the world through the lens of deficit. Mm-hmm. Um, that there is not enough. And gratitude comes from a worldview and an idea, uh, a starting point of abundance. And one is based on circumstance. So grumbling comes from a deficit because you're focused on a circumstance, a situation that isn't going the way you want or is not providing for you what it should or you think it should. And gratitude is just more like, hey, you know what? Um, God is good and he will provide what I need. And so it is okay that the situation is not the way I want it to be mm-hmm. because God has provided. And so one just, it, 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 
it's coming to a situation from two different perspectives. One's coming from a, a deficit. One's coming from an abundance. Mm-hmm. And I think when we uh, when we read scripture, we see that uh, you know Jesus says things like, "I have come to give life and life to the full." Um, that He meets our needs. He sees our needs. Um, and so I think the idea of a Christian uh, seeing the world through the lens of deficit just doesn't really fit well or sit well with the the words of Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love that you pointed <clears throat> out that it was deficit because I never really thought of it that way. And I think a lot of times we think of grumbling and complaining as an expression of things being unfair. Yeah. Like, oh, like what's well, not fair, da, 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 da. but the, really the root behind that isn't that they have something and I don't or that they got what they wanted and I didn't. It's that they got what they wanted and I think there's less of it for me. We'll see. And that, yeah, the, the word deficit, you could also use the word scarcity, mm-hmm. that there's a scarcity, there's a, a limited amount of goodness, joy, happiness, and that if someone else gets it and I don't, that's less joy and happiness for me, right? So whether it's from a deficit or a scarcity mentality, like I think maybe the easiest way to think about this is like with money, mm. um, because money literally is scarce, right? Um we, we always feel like we need more, and that is a finite thing. Your job may, maybe provides you a certain amount, and so every expenditure that you have, rent, car, gas, whatever, that's taking away from the bottom line. And I think we take that same mentality and apply it to the life we live as Christians. That doesn't stand up with Scripture, mm-hmm. is that we, we're not— there is not a finite amount of goodness. There is not a finite amount of grace. There is not a finite amount of God's provision. God is the one that, you know, I mean, he created the whole thing. And so he's not at a deficit. So I, I, I think sometimes we just, we live in a world of scarcity. We live in a world where there is actual deficit of, of certain things. And that kind of bleeds into our mentality of our faith. Let's reject that onto God. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Another thing we talked about last night that I thought was really interesting was the idea of grumbling or complaining versus lament, Mm -hmm. because I think we see both in the Bible, and one is welcomed by the Lord and considered an act of worship, and the other one is very much, like, detested by the Lord. You can see it (laughs) about, like, the Israelites all in number 13 and all throughout, like, the Lord is very displeased with complaining, but is very okay with lament, and so— Kind of the question that I have is how do we distinguish that in our life? Because I think lament is something that we're not really familiar with. Yeah. And so how can we say like, okay, is what I'm feeling and how I'm expressing it honoring to the Lord or dishonoring? Well, I think lament, to use more more language that we use, could probably be more described as like sadness, mm-hmm. disappointment, um, maybe even maybe even frustration or desperation. I think those are all the the words. When you think lament, that's what that's kind of what we're talking about. And so, there is a big difference, and I think it's a really, really important distinction to make because you're right. One, we see two thirds of the Psalms lament. We see David lamenting. He's sad. He's disappointed. He's scared. He's uh, you know all the things. Um, but you're right. When you see the word grumble or complain in the Bible, it's not in a situation where God was was pleased and honored by their grumbling. Didn't God like yeah. swallow up some of the Israelites one time because they were complaining too much? I feel like uh, that happened. There, if, you, if you read uh, all of Numbers 13 and 14, um, Aaron and Moses go to bat on behalf of the Israelites so that God doesn't <laughs> do some things. Um, so that's a whole other conversation. But, um, but so for instance, so like Psalm 42 is a lament psalm and two thirds of the psalms are lament psalms. And so you see this over and over. So lament... 
I think when you look, when you start reading what these are, I think it becomes pretty obvious versus grumbling. So let me just read the first four verses of, of Psalm 42. Um, it says, as the deer longs for flowing streams, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While all day long people say to me, where is your God? I remember this as I pour out my heart, how I walked in many uh, leading the festive, festive procession to the house of God with joyful and thankful shouts. So I think my interpretation is just, this is how my brain works. When I read the lament Psalms, you like Psalm 22, like is the, like the, the, the Psalm that Jesus quoted on the cross mm-hmm. um, is a lament Psalm. We talked on Psalm 13 a few weeks ago at the gathering. That's a lament Psalm. And I think what it is, is, is you're taking your sadness to the Lord. It's the direction of your emotion. It's yeah. the direction of your thoughts. And when you read these emotions, like they, these emotions are real. Like, I mean, I'm sure there are people listening that are like, my tears are my food right now. Yeah. Like they're, they're so regular in my life. It's, it's like, that's what's sustaining me. And so there is pain in life. There is mm-hmm. difficulty in life. And the Bible does not shy away from that. But what we see in lament Psalms is that the sadness and the disappointment and the frustration and the hurt and the, the all the feels, right? They are directed towards God as if there's a conversation happening, right? There, I mean, there actually is. Like, yeah. God, when, right? I think of Psalm 13, God, answer me, O Lord, right? Bring light to my eyes. And so I think it's, it's that directive of our emotion. Mm-hmm. Grumbling, on the other hand, is directed at the situation and has no, and really not a whole lot to do with the Lord. It's just, I'm grumbling about my circumstance and the circumstance is where my words and energy and emotions are, are, Mm -hmm. or a person in that circumstance, they're, they're uh, directed towards them. Yeah. Makes sense. And I think too, like one also like lamenting directs you towards the Lord, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. whereas grumbling and complaining leads you to question the Lord and his character and his goodness. Whereas lamenting is like, God, like I know your character, I know your goodness. And I just don't know what it looks like in this season. Yeah. Whereas grumbling is just a whole 180 on what you believe yeah. about the Lord. Well, sometimes. you see it in all the lament Psalms, you know, I would call it emoting biblically. <laughs> um, like we're, we're, we're getting a lesson every time you read a lament Psalm of how to be sad, how to be disappointed, how to be hurting and not lose that foundation of faith. Because every single one of them at some point in the Psalm, whether it's beginning, middle or end, you see the psalmist bring it back around. Like, this is how I feel, but God, you are my stronghold. But I will trust in your faithful love, right? It's this that, that spiritual discipline of remembering who God is in the midst of our circumstances. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like we talked about a couple of weeks ago about discipling our emotions. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the same thing yeah. with your thoughts. Like, grumbling, complaining is an emotion, it's a way to, like, a state of your mind. And so, like, we have a choice to disciple them and bring them back to the Lord, mm-hmm. which is good. Well, no, I, th- I think you made a good point earlier, Paige, is that. <clears throat> I think grumbling, and we talked about this last night, like it's just kind of the way of our world. Like, just complain. Just, mm-hmm. you know, if something good is happening because there's a scarcity of goodness, I'm going to try and steal your goodness by complaining about it or grumbling about my life. Um, and so I do think that there's there's this really sneaky part of grumbling, which we talked about, was that it actually is eroding. It's eroding the foundation of faith in your life. Every time we complain— or grumble, what we're actually saying in in a very small, minute way, God, I don't trust you. 
God, you're not good. You're not providing what I need. And so in doing so, when we grumble, we take the position of the critiquer of the Lord God Almighty. Mm -hmm. And we are critiquing his way and his provision instead of saying, God, you are the good shepherd. I shall not want. You have given me what I need. Um, because we're just professional wanters. I mean, mm -hmm. that's just what we do. I wake up every morning. I want, I want, I want, you know? Yeah. So anyway. Absolutely. Another thing we talked about that I thought was really interesting in regards to grumbling was the idea that it is a trust issue. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about Numbers 14, 11, and it says, and the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me despite all the signs I have done among them? And I guess I'd never thought of grumbling or complaining as of verbalizing of a distrust in the Lord. I've always thought of it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's like really passive. Like everyone does, like you were saying, our mm -hmm. world's kind of steeped in it. And so we're used to it. So how do you think, kind of going off what we just talked about, seeing grumbling as verbalizing distrust in the Lord changes how we view it and how we deal with it? Yeah. It, it's, it's funny. Like when you think about grumbling, it doesn't seem that big of a deal, right? I mean, it's not on the list of all the things, you know, if we call it sin, you know, or or just poor choices or unwise, it's it's not high on the list because it is so small. It does seem really innocuous, like it's it it doesn't have a big you know. If you if you punch somebody, that's going to have immediate and big consequences. If you grumble, meh, or growl, or growl, it it's it's usually within the confines of your own heart and mind. Um, and so I do think that. As we look at this, like God's words, when I was preparing this, they just really struck me hard because honestly, I was I was reading this really focusing more on the grumbling part. Like, why were they grumbling? Well, they weren't listening to the promises of God. Okay, great. Um, what should they have done? Listen to the promises of God instead of what they see, right? The giants of Canaan. But yeah, I mean, when it says, the Lord said to Moses, how long will they not trust me? I just stopped me in my tracks. It's like a gut punch. Yeah, because I don't see it that way. This is a, th I mean, there's nothing like giving a message and then just being completely convicted while you're giving it, while you're preparing. I'm like, I, who am I? Like, I'm a complainer. Um, but I think that really reset my mind of this is a trust issue. Not to say that we can, you know, just gloss over all things like, oh, God's good. It's going to be fine. Right? Like, it might not be fine. Like, things, bad things happen. Um, but on a bigger scale beyond the circumstance, right? Who do we trust? Do we mm -hmm. trust that our security and our joy and our hope is in a circumstance working out a certain way, a certain time? Or do I trust in the God that says, hey, in every circumstance, I am with you. And I will work everything out for the good of those who are called according to my purpose. I'll, I'll conform them to the image of my son, that he is not going to stop short, that what I began a good work in you, I will finish. Mm -hmm. And so... It's kind of like that momentary thing when um, my kids want a snack, like right before dinner. And we say, no, you can't have a snack. And they freak out like we are starving them to death. But what I know is they've never missed a meal in their whole life. And so you may be hungry, but what you're hungry for is not what you need. And as a loving parent, I don't let my kids live on double stuff Oreos. Darn. You know, I mean, we would all love that, right? <laughs> but I think sometimes we we... we we put God's goodness up against our definition of what is good. Yeah. And that's where the trust comes. Like the, the Israelites in, in num number 13, their good was physical protection. They did not want to go to war because they thought they would lose and die. 
So their definition of good, they trusted their eyeballs and their, you know, it's that Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, not lean not on your own understanding. Well, they were leaning on their own understanding. Hard, yeah. And God called them out and said, how long will you despise me? Mm-hmm. How long will you distrust me? So. Yeah. What I love too, is you pointed out how like our perception of grumbling is that it's very small and it's a very yeah. tiny, um, doesn't really affect anybody kind of type sin or unwise choices you said. But one of the things you brought up last night was James three. And he talks about exactly mm-hmm. that, how like your tongue is a rudder, your tongue's a consuming fire and all these really small things, but it runs your entire life and yeah. it has ramifications for your entire life. And you also brought up a point that said, your words aren't just for you. And I think that's mm. really important to think about when you're talking about grumbling or complaining. Cause like you said, it is something that's kind of internal. A lot of times it's a heart posture is attitude yeah. of entitlement or an attitude of, I think God should do things one way and he's not. Yeah. And I feel justified in being upset about it. And so just the idea that your attitude and your perspective on your life and on God's goodness and how you articulate that not only affects you, but it also yeah. affects those around you. And you made a point, I think we we're talking about first Peter, but just the idea that when we grumble or we complain, it actually diminishes our witness for the Lord and it taints other mm, people's view yep. of God's goodness. Yeah. And that's a very sobering thing to think about yeah. because you're like, okay, if I'm complaining about this not happening, like I think it's just me. But in reality, if someone yeah. who's not a believer hears you complaining about that way and talking about your life that way, mm-hmm. they think, well, they say they trust God, but they don't clearly don't mean it. Yeah. And so I think it's a much broader issue than we initially think of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think sometimes maybe in in the Americanized church, we have made um, sin and salvation a very individual thing. Mm -hmm. Um, That Jesus died for my sin. Well, I think Jesus, we we shortchanged Jesus a little bit on the cross, that he's doing more than just being a personal Lord and Savior, that he is redeeming all of creation that he is ushering in a new kingdom. And so then all of a sudden, our individual sin looks different. Yes, it still has impact for us individually, for sure. But it also impacts people around us. Like, we, you know, I kind of joked about the, the Saturday Night Live sketch of Debbie Downer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. no one likes to be around Debbie Downer. Like, they don't. Um, you know, e- even the person who's sarcastic and trying to be funny with their Debbie Downerness, eventually you're like, man, I, I just feel like the life is sucked out of the room when we're, we're around that person. And so what it ends up doing is it becomes an isolating activity for the complainer. Mm-hmm. And my guess is if you know somebody that's, a, that's really, really negative and really grumbly and growly, they probably hop from friend group to friend group because of the way they choose to plant seeds in the relationships around them. And the weeds grow up and people are like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. You know, so – I do think that there's a individual and a corporate because like when you look at numbers, there is an absolute corporate punishment, right? That there's that they missed out. Like we talk about, um, you know, missing out on things all the time in our culture. They missed out on the promised land for 40 years. <laughs> like they wandered for 40 years because they didn't trust the Lord. Yeah, They trusted their own perspective and they complained and God said, okay. And so it wasn't just that, you know, the, the the spies that did it, it was the whole, their lack of faith bled into the community of the Israelites and then the Israelites communally were in the wilderness. And so yeah. it just makes me think, start thinking like, how does my individual sin affect those around me in ways that I had never thought about before? Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, sin is sin. And if it's darkness, then darkness, you know, it doesn't just affect one person. So 
Anyway, yeah. it, it's a bigger conversation, but it, it, it is, it's a good thing to think about is like, how, how am I being a light for Christ? Um, and am I dimming the light of Christ by the way I grumble? Am yeah. I putting a shade on him? Am I putting tint on the window because I'm grumbling and saying, I don't really trust God with this? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of pivoting off of that is what are some practical steps that you would give someone who finds themselves as that habitual complainer or grumbler or just kind of stuck in that cycle? What are some practical tips, um, advice, ways to kind of walk that out? Well, being a self-proclaimed grumbler, um, I have clearly not mastered this. Um, but I do think there's, I mean, I think the first thing is is you got to have a real honest conversation between you and the Lord and asking the, the Holy Spirit to reveal and, and, and show you, who am I? How do I use my words? Um, where do I distrust the Lord? What, what, what thing do I see on social media that brings me the most anxiety because somebody else got it and I didn't? Yeah. Um, and the, th- those are usually the places where grumbling begins. So I think it's a part, it starts with a little bit of self-introspection. Um, um, and that, that's just a slow process. It's not going to be like, hey, drive through window, God, tell me, show me everything. It's probably going to be a process of, of, in my experience, weeks and months of God walking me through a season and just showing me every every day or two, hey, there it is again, there it is again, yeah. um, and being willing to go through that process. And then once you see that, confessing it both to the Lord, you know, First John one nine, but also James five sixteen to one another. Like we bring in our, those who are walking the same road and saying, hey guys, God's really convicted me of of my complaining mentality, uh, which shows me that I have a distrust in the Lord. Guys, gals, would would you guys help me? When you hear me complain, will you call me on it? Because mm-hmm. that's not what I want to do. But I think I've taught myself to do that. I think that's a big one. So yeah, I think because we just, sometimes we just don't see ourselves real accurately. Mm-hmm. We, or if you're like stuck in it, you don't hear it. Yeah. Like that's just how I talk. It's just so natural. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I remember I, I I had somebody I worked with a long time ago. Um, they were just rude. They were a rude person, and their excuse was, "Well, I just want to keep it real." And I'm like, Ooh. "No, that's not." you can keep it real and be kind, right? And so we had to have conversations about like what you just said right there, that was rude, that wasn't real. You can say it in a different way. So I th- I do think getting other ears and eyes in our life and inviting that in because no one's going to walk around and be like, I'm just going to put on the hat of judgment and I'm going to call out all the complaining. <laughs> you're complaining, you're complaining, you're complaining, so it's just, stop. Yeah, it's just a good yeah. exercise in humility to say, hey, you're my friend. I know you care about me. I need help here. Would you help me by, and it starts with pointing it out. And then would you pray with me that I would trust God mm-hmm. more than I trust my circumstances? Yeah. I think too, is just even realizing like, okay, I can change my thoughts and I can mm-hmm. change the way that I've used. And I think about this because I think because our society is such a complaining society, it's almost like a badge of honor to be known as like the complainer or whatever like people like take is like, oh, like, we all know that person you're saying Debbie Downer who's always complaining. They're just like, oh, this is who I am. Like, I'm just negative. I'm Mm -hmm. just always going to be complaining. I'm always going to be this way. And so I think I just want to encourage people like, no, like you can change your thoughts. We were talking about a couple weeks ago with our thought spirals, like complaining is a thought. And so you have the opportunity to take it captive and hold accountable to Christ, which I think is really important. It's like the idea of redeeming our thoughts. Mm, Yeah. Um, Getting them back. And maybe we've given them away to a habit or just a, you know, a cultural expectation and, you know, Christ came to redeem us. He came to redeem the world. And so as ambassadors of Christ, part of our job is to help in that redeeming effort. Um, you know, that's where we talk about serving one another, that kind of thing. But I think in this instance, redeeming our thoughts, like get our thoughts back from the spiral, get our thoughts mm-hmm. back from 
the low the the road that we have run down a million dollars. Let's just get them back. Yeah. Um, and then we would say take those thoughts captive to what is true in Christ, is that God's got this. My grumbling says I believe a God doesn't got this, but God's got this. Mm-hmm. What well, I like too something you said last night was just creating a gratitude list and just like a running one of even the small things. Mm-hmm. Because I think too, like you're right, like sometimes you're in the season, you're like, okay, like I don't have a lot of big things to be thankful for, yeah. but just cultivating that habit of even the smallest mm-hmm. things just starts to change your mind and your framework and kind of the lenses of how you see the world, which like you said, is a long, like this is not a overnight process. And yeah. I think part of committing to changing your thoughts and changing your habits is committing to the small steps of progress that you're going to make along the way. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Any other final thoughts? No, I go. I mean, the, made the list thing. The list always sounds a little cheesy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, but there's something about writing things down. You have to slow down to do it. You have to be very focused to do it. Um, and I think you're right. Like you, you said, it, you hit the nail on the head, Paige. I think we always think about the big things. What are the big things I'm thankful for? And we forget of God's faithfulness in the small things. You know, I think probably a lot of people listening to this don't love their job. Maybe they're frustrated with their career path. But at the same time, has God not provided you a job that can pay for the house that is over your head and buy you food and allows you to have a car and buy clothes? And like, those aren't flashy things. Those are, we see those as necessities, but you know what? God gives us what we need, not necessarily what we want. Mm -hmm. And so I think, Literally this morning when I got up, I was like, God, thank you for waking me up. Thank you for putting thoughts in my mind and air in my lungs and a body that can move, even though it's a little bit sore and, and <laughs> creakier these days. But I, I got up. I didn't wake myself up. I didn't keep my heart beating all night. Like that just, God sustains me in incredible ways that I think just, we just forget about. Mm-hmm. So to write them down, even my heartbeat, yeah. my breathing, my job, the fact that I'm not colorblind. I get to see colors. You know, I always watch those videos of people getting the colorblind glasses. They cry They're amazing. Time. And I'm like, man, I'm so I'm so thankful that I can see color. Like yeah. we just forget. God, mm-hmm. thank you for taste buds. What if what if we didn't have taste buds? Everything tastes the same. No, that thank you. When I had COVID and it was the worst. Oh, like man. I lost it for a couple. So just weeks. like little small things. Yeah. Like sometimes you just got to find it. Right? We talk about ushering mm-hmm. in gratitude. Sometimes you got to dig a little through mm-hmm. the grumbling. Different. What is it? What is it? Mm-hmm. What what can I be thankful for today? Well, and while we're on the topic of lists too, I think it's always a really good idea to like lay out, okay, like where do I distrust God? Where do I grumble? Mm-hmm. What is the belief that I have about God? And then put God's promises next to it. Because mm. oftentimes yep. you're going to find parallel in scripture. Like, okay, like I believe this about God, but he says this about himself. Yeah. And so just having that list as well, because for me, I'm very visual. And so like writing it out and seeing those parallels is really helpful Yeah. too. Yep. That's good. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed it. And as always, if you have questions or want to talk more, our DMs are open. We'd love to talk with you and chat with you. Have a great week.